It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. everyone it is sports radio 94 wip we are here until three o'clock i am john barcher that is james seltzer that is brandon lee gotten from bleedinggreennation.com the editor-in-chief is uh it's uh it's been a double bgn radio bonus this thanksgiving weekend and we appreciate everybody tuning in uh guys we'll, we'll just get right into it because i am i i'm looking at chicago it's a 14 and a half point spread now it opened at 12 and a half still think that's too low you know this is a, just another on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And we're going to be looking ahead because it's what we can do. But let's talk about the Bears just for a little bit. Uh, it, listen, I respect everyone's opinion because I've been wrong about quarterbacks for a long time. But if I hear, actually, Mitch Trubisky is pretty good. I'm going to lose my mind. He stinks. All right? I don't know I don't know about uh, writing guys off and uh, th- this early because we've made that mistake with Jared Goff, I think, collectively as NFL fans alone. But... I, Mitch Trubisky is not going to do anything to this Eagles team, plain and simple. I don't think Jordan Howard is either. Yeah, well, Jordan Howard, it's a bad matchup for Jordan Howard. The Eagles run defense, obviously, pretty stingy best in the league in terms of yards per game allowed. But I think you make a great point about Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not going to say he's not going to have a good pro career or anything like that. But right now, at this moment, he is not a good NFL quarterback. All you have to do is watch the Bears play, and you know that. he is He's scared out there, to be blatantly honest. Like He does not look like he's ready for the moment. Um, and going up against the best defensive line he is going to have faced yet in the NFL. I'm with you, John. I think that 14.5 is too low, especially because we talked about a lot last night. But BLG, this Eagles team handles their business. Mitchell Trubisky is a good quarterback. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I just wanted to see what John would do. Um, <laughs> getting to this game, when I think about this game, and I think – there's been so many times this season, too many times this season where people have been like, oh, it's a trap game. We heard that about <laughs> the Cardinals. We heard that about the Chargers. We heard that about almost the every Broncos. game, the Broncos. In fairness, this should have been the true well, trap Well, this game. is the All only one that say, you could yeah. argue. Yeah. If there was going to be one, in just terms of conditions, like what an actual trap game is, it would be this one because the Eagles are coming off a bunch of big blowout wins. They have this big road trip coming up against some tough opponents in the NFC out West, this would be the game that would kind of get overlooked in just in terms of what a trap game actually is. I don't think it can be fully just because of how 
this Bears offense is almost at like a 2016 Eagles level. The, the quarterbacks are rookie. The wide receivers are terrible. Worse. They're, they're, they're worse, worse they're, than the last year's Eagles. They're so bad. Can anybody name the wide receiver two right now? Uh, I know Dontrell Inman and... Is it Josh Bullen? And... Uh, <laughs> That's it. That's all. I, at. I, don't I know. mean, when 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 you lose Cam Meredith for the season and it's like a debilitating blow to your offense, that's a bad Says sign. A lot. Yeah, really bad. So I think you know when I look at this matchup, the only thing that would kind of concern me is their defense. I think their defense isn't great by any means, but I think it's fine. I think Vic Fangio is a you know he has a reputation a in the NFL, yeah, as one of the a not bad coordinator. Or at least, <laughs> I, I don't know if I want to say good right now, but better or worse than Rod Marinelli. Worse. Oh, okay. oh, Marinelli's oh good, look at that. Man. Look at that. <laughs> well, I'm just testing the water. Sorry. <laughs> so I think that's the kind, if anything, that's what kind of scares you. And that's when I, when I see this point spread, which I've seen it at 14 and a half at some places, I think that's a little, to me, I'm like a little like, eh, I don't know if that's a lock. I don't know. If I feel confident in taking that, but I do think it's an Eagles win. But BLJ, if we learned nothing, it's just like, well, I don't know. That seems a little high. It has nothing to I do with the Eagles. It's not like I'm not confident in the Eagles. It's just like, I don't know. The Bears played, the they beat the Panthers by 17 to 3. Like they beat the Steelers. Like they played some team. You look at their schedule, they haven't been getting blown out. Like they don't get blown out every week. You, The only two blowout losses they've had were both when Mike Lennon was starting and they were earlier in the season. One was to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I mean, a lot of teams are going to get blown out there. The other one was to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who were bad, but. They knew Mike Lennon. They had inside info on him. So I think that could have been something there. For what it's worth, both of those big wins were at home for the Bears. They've been a considerably better right. home team than Agreed. a road team for what yeah, it's worth. And actually, uh, interestingly enough, uh, they put up more yards on the road. Mainly, I think that's because they're behind most yes. of the times, and that's a lot of garbage time. But this is an offense that barely averages uh, or just under 300 yards a game if you kind of put those things together. Uh, and you're right. It is a completely different team. When it comes away, and just so everybody knows, going to BLG's point, the Eagles, I had to remind myself, are 8-2 and two against the spread this year. Mm-hmm. When's the last time that happened? Not, I don't uh, even think Andy 2000, had that 2000, record. Well, 2004. I know that 2004 yeah. team, like, dominated the spread because they won so many big games. Like, they just won by a lot every game. But it's that type of feel. It's that type of feel where it really doesn't matter what the spread is, especially in this type of game. Because, again, this Eagles team goes out and handles teams. Denver, Arizona, Dallas, all the bad teams that they face, they beat the snot out of. Yeah, and you're just waiting for that, like, all right, where's that close game that they struggle with? Yeah. That, you know, and I don't I don't think this, although I was championing this just like BLG was, that this was going to be the trap game, and much like he was saying, Seattle's not really a look-ahead type of team right now, you know? Uh, the Rams might be, still are. We'll have to see what happens on Sunday when they go up against the Saints, and it's it's a fun, Rams. fun-ish uh, <laughs> picture. I mean, the the slot of games besides, you know, watching the birds, who boys had oh, a rough weekend. We're, I would say worst weekend of the year. Yeah, it's terrible. So enjoy the college football today and, uh, you know, buckle in for some awful red zone. Hopefully your fantasy football team yes. is going to be in the playoff type of matchups because yes. it's bad. Uh, outside of uh, the Rams, and then you're even looking at, okay, well, what are the Falcons doing? And they're going up against the Bucks team. That's not that great either. So I, I just don't think there's any clear measuring stick of, hey, where where should this Eagles team uh, come out and falter a little bit? I just I don't think it's ever going to happen. Unless we're talking about maybe they come out in the first half like they did against Dallas. If that's what we want to qualify that as, sure, I think that that can happen, you know, well, dep- depending on what's happened, what, whatever's going on. I think the San Francisco game could be like a kind of, you know, similar type of comparison if you want to look at it as a, a team that they might not take seriously enough and come out and, 
you know, the bad weather obviously played a role, but a sluggish first half, and then they just pull away in the second half. John, though, you did mention a second ago, the fantasy teams, you know what you should all be doing this Sunday. Huh. You should be on draft.com. Oh, yes, you should. Promo code BGNR. Absolutely a perfect should. weekend with all these terrible games, a lot of great fantasy matchups. Go out, draft.com, promo code BGNR, and, and, and have some fun this weekend. I had uh, I had a lot of fun doing that on Thanksgiving Day. And, uh, you know, being the – oh, you got to just be the smartest guy in the room because yep. it's not about caps. It's just it's a snake style. Steak, snake style. I can't even pronounce that right. Snake style. There it is. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I went style on purpose, but <laughs> snake style. Uh, which is a lot of fun. And uh, on top of this it, all together, this is the other question I want to ask you uh, right now is be- because that we can just do this because we could just go, okay, it's the Bears. Yeah, they're going to win. Yeah, they're probably going to cover on an outrageous line. Who's the most, you know, impressive? What's the most impressive thing about this team this year th- thus far? Coaching staff, players. Who is it for you, BLG? About this Eagles team. Yeah. Most impressive thing. Yes. Man, it has to be Carson Wentz. I mean, how could it not be? Hard we, to argue. we were talking about prior to this season what would be the X factor for this team. And maybe even I remember a couple shows, what's like your biggest concern? It wasn't that Carson Wentz would be terrible. I think we we've seen enough in his rookie year to know he's not going to be like the worst quarterback ever, like Dak Prescott. But I think uh I just you know, I just <laughs> like how we snuck that in. Right in there for you guys. Um I, I think but he's just I can't get over how He's already an MVP candidate. Like, even if he doesn't win it, the fact that he was number two, probably at worst at this point, is insane. He's only in year two. This was supposed to be his first year. This was supposed to yep. be his first season. And it's just been incredible, the the progress he's been able to make. I've been blown away. I think he has been the most impressive thing. 888-729-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to our good friend, as always, with the ears Blinging as always, uh, Todd in South Philly. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? How you guys doing? Good, man. All right. So I wanted to say the way the schedule's played out for the Eagles has been really interesting so far this year. I feel like we've played a lot of teams that are good at one thing and not the other, which has really allowed us to test on. Like, for example, the Cowboys last week were couldn't really run the ball. They had Alfred Morris. They didn't have Zeke but they could still pass the ball, so we got to focus on that. This week, we get to focus on our run defense and focus on how can we manipulate ourselves against the run to make sure we can stop it. And I feel like by the time we get to playoffs, we're going to be so well-versed against each style of offense or defense that we can put it all together against these complete teams because I don't feel like we've played a complete team yet. Yeah, and Todd, I, th- really- I, I think you're right. You know, I don't I, think there are that many is really what it comes down to. I think Minnesota is the only real complete team. And, I mean, New Orleans fully healthy has been more complete than in the past. Also. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's a good point, Todd. Yeah, I feel like the the Vikings aren't as complete as we think they are because they have Case Keenum at quarterback. Like they, everything else is good, but like you guys were saying yesterday, he's having a Nick Foley in season. Like mm-hmm. he's gonna fall apart at or a Dak Prescott season. Yeah, we're gonna we're, he's gonna fall apart at some point, and I think we're gonna be able to manipulate that. And one more thing, um, the the reason a couple weeks ago, we were talk, Chris Thompson said he wouldn't bring his family to Philly or whatever and we were debating whether or not we want people to be scared of us at home and the reason I still say yes to that is because of how the Eagles fans 
destroyed Jerry World last week. <laughs> All mm-hmm. Eagles chants. If somebody came into our house and did that, there would be people would die. Yeah, they, that, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That, that'd be amazing. And, Todd, that would not happen in our house. Let's just put it that <laughs> That's way. That's the point. I want people to be scared of us because I don't ever want to see anything like that ever happen in Philadelphia. Yeah, and you know what, Todd? And we appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for calling in as always. I think it is, even if it's the perception of it, that's fine by me. Totally. Because it is, it's it's been toned down, rightfully so. I don't think it's that bad. But uh there's still a problem with uh if you're coming in, you gotta know. Even if it's Boston or wherever, you gotta know coming into an opposing stadium like that. It's not it's not welcome. Yeah, you look, I yeah. love I love the should I wear my jersey there if I'm an opposing fan. You know, just the fact that they asked that question. I love that because that shows the fear. That shows the the thought. You should ne- you should always be able to go support your team wherever yeah. you are. But you're like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. Do I, is it worth the hassle? Maybe I'll just stay home and watch on yeah. TV. Maybe I'll just do that. And that's what we love. <laughs> uh, let's go to uh, Ron in Lehigh Valley. Ron, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Gentlemen, happy Thanksgiving weekend. And to you, sir. Thank you. Just wanted to make a quick point, and uh, especially to my buddy uh, Jimmy. Um, what's up, Ron? <laughs> Well, I always, hey, hey, Jimmy, who I always love talking with, and you too, John. Um, but just uh, to exemplify two plays with the birds of the team, unity, camaraderie, unselfishness. There was one, I can't remember, uh, you and Jimmy will know which uh, games these were. The one play was where somebody was caught kind of at the line of scrimmage behind the line, and there were nine birds around them. I feel like that's happened yeah, multiple times. times. They, they gang ta- that's what they do. They gang tackle. They swim yeah. to the ball. It's great to see them. Yeah, like they're all there. They're all thinking. They're all around the ball. And the other one was, I don't know, this was whatever, I don't know, Dallas or the week before that. But when Nigel Bradham picked, when was when did the, Nigel Bradham do the, you know, the fumble recovery? Uh, that was the, yeah, Dallas, this, this past against week. Dallas, yeah. Okay. And then Michael Kendricks is hustling down the field and gives a block on the guy that's trying to catch <laughs> Bradham. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's a great point, Ron. And I think it just speaks to, we've talked a lot about this, is the the culture, the chemistry, the fact that these guys all really like playing with each other and want to play for each other and pick the next man up and all that type of stuff. I know it sounds hokey and cliche, but I really think that we're seeing that bear out on the field. Well, when we're talking about next man up and who's been imp- impressed us the most this season, and I, I mean, the, the public apology tour continues. Patrick Robinson. How could you not be? What the a, heck, yeah. man? What, I, I, and I wish people realized, I mean, when when the uh, when was he signed to, uh, late in free agency, yeah. right? Post-draft? Yes, I would say like June-ish. Somewhere around there. Uh, and I saw that and I go, well, here we go. <laughs> the band Oh, no, it was, before, it was before the draft. It had to be before the draft. It was like in March. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're no, right. I'm thinking about it. They signed Chris Long. Yeah. Uh, I, it, was just, it was just complete. I just kept shaking my head and shaking my head. I said, well, I even said, well, uh, look at that. Washington's up 14 to nothing already, and it's March, you know, for week one. I just assumed that he was just going to be this burnt, crispy toast that we've all been accustomed to in this city, and training camp didn't help. And then they traded for Ronald Darby, and then Ronald Darby goes down, and you're just going like, all right, uh, well, the secondary was fun for a second, <laughs> and now we're back to this thing again, and this is going to be terrible. All due respect to Jalen Mills, but it doesn't matter you when you only have like one decent corner on the roster. And I'll probably expand that even further. The entire secondary looks just outstanding. Like it's supposed to be there. It's unbelievable. And it's and I've been so impressed by Patrick Robinson. And not even, I mean, we all knew he kind of had a shot in the slot. So I was 
that was a good thing. But like the moment you move him to the outside and he still, I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference at some points, whether it was Mills or him or whoever they're going to throw back in there. Uh, Patrick Robinson definitely gets my vote. Uh, You should get everyone's vote. I mean, it's unbelievable how much of a like change from what we expected to what we're seeing that guy has been. And like you said, John, we all thought he could survive in the slot. He's been outstanding in the slot, but to actually see him on the outside making plays on the outside and being just as good out there as he is in the slot has been absolutely one of, if not the most surprising thing this season. And it won't happen, but honestly, he could be like, you could say that is a comeback player of the year candidate. Sure. Because he was hurt last year and he was been bad Mm -hmm. and he's made a big leap. And honestly, he should be, I think he's, I don't think, again, I don't think he'll make the Pro Bowl, but I think he's been a Pro Bowl level type of player this season. No doubt about it. 888-729-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Nick real quick. Nick, hey. what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, uh, what's up, guys? Uh, I just wanted to call you. It's honestly gotten to the point where the Eagles have officially become boring. And I say that, you know, in a joking way, but I was sitting there on Thanksgiving practically just hoping that the Vikings would win just so that way this Bears game could just mean a little bit more because we honestly just need those teams like on our heels to like keep a game like the Bears interesting because like I hate to be that guy that kind of looks ahead, but I I just don't see how the Bears stand a chance. Um, You shouldn't hate that, Nick, by the way. That's just the reality of it. You know, I mean, that's not our, our job isn't to do that. Their job is to stay focused, but. We can do we can do whatever we want. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. And then one uh, thing, I actually called you guys a few weeks ago, like right before the Niners game, and I said uh, how like Alshon Jeffrey's just like the ultimate team guy. And then when I saw him after the uh, Cowboys game in that Dawkins shirt, man, man, I swear if they don't re-sign this guy, I am just gonna lose my mind. Lifetime contract. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> seriously, man. Like it's like officially gotten there. Like the dude scores touchdowns, and I think the two point conversions are super overlooked. And I just want him on my team. I just want him to be an eagle. And not to mention his quote while wearing the Brian Dawkins yes. says, bleep, oh. no one's going to bleep with us. No. If, oh, if I, if I wasn't on the radio, I, I specifically would have said it for you guys. But, yeah, he's, he's absolutely amazing. Yeah, it, 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 right on, Nick. And and that's where I almost wonder that we hasn't come up that much this week. Uh, it's the Alshon Jeffrey revenge game. Yeah, buddy. You know? I mean, so that's why I trust in the plus 14 uh, for the Bears because they're going to need every – Every stinking half point of that uh, to try and do that. I just think there's going to be, man, uh, maybe maybe officially we can call. I mean, we've tried to call the Alshon game at some point during the season. I think this might be the one. We're going to still take your phone calls, 888-729-9494. Who's James impressed by the most this season? I bet you you can guess it, but you'll find out <laughs> in just a moment. It's BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Inside eight minutes. Prescott on the run. Flips it and he's picked. Prescott trying to cut off the angle for King. King's got a blocker in front, Ingram, and he's going to take it the distance. Desmond King. Front! 90 yards on the pick six. Back-breaking play right there. Oh, my God. I, saw, <laughs> I mean, just everything in one motion right there. Let's just stop talking and just play that over and over and yeah. over again the rest just of the show. Just keep it on a loop for an hour and a half. That'll be fine by us. BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee, Gowton, Jack Fritz behind the glass. Sue Schilling on the updates. I, 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 I was going to go with this, but I just needed to hear it out of James Seltzer's mouth. <laughs> James, who's impressed you the most this uh, Eagles yeah, season? Yeah, well, I think if you've ever listened to this show or listened to the podcast at BGN underscore radio, 
Doug <gasps> Peterson. Oh my! Has impressed me the most by far. I, I, as you guys know, as anyone who's listened to the show knows, I was not impressed with Doug Peterson. I was not a Doug Peterson fan. Unlike Kean Fahey, unlike Scott Cosmer, <laughs> I can say I was wrong. Hey, Doug yeah. Peterson is has been out. Standing this season from start to finish. He has had maybe two bad halves this entire season. And um, the good has been so good. And it's the scheming, the play calling, all that type of stuff that we thought was there. But it's the locker room and it's the prepare. Like how these guys are so prepared to play every single week. Nothing surprises them. Everyone's in the right place. They gang tackle the chemistry, the clubhouse. I have been blown away and by when, Doug Peterson. When, yesterday when we were talking to Joe uh, Santa Liquido. Is that, is that uh, today? Yes, okay. Santa Liquido. Uh, he writes for us here at CBS Philly. He does a lot of great stuff at Philly Voice in his last Philly Voice piece. Uh, where every week he goes and talks to Brandon Brooks, goes and talks to Lane Johnson. And this is something I didn't even know. Yeah. The, the rank and file that he has in there, along with emotional intelligence happening. During that second, the, the halftime, Lane Johnson goes up to Stalin and is just like, hey, man, we can take care of these guys. Let us go run the football. Mm-hmm. Let us go kick their ass. It, we can do it. So Stoutling goes over to coach. Coach says, hey, if they think they can do it, let's go see him do it. And what happens in the second half? Three touchdowns. Yeah. On and, the ground. And th- that, Bang. That's the kind of stuff that that players are going to believe in Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson is, is putting his trust in them and saying, I trust you guys. You can do that. You say you can do this. I'm going to let you do this. Man. I mean, think about how bad those guys want to play for him now. I mean, I, I've just been so impressed from start to finish with Doug Peterson. I think, and I said this last night too, I'm going to say it again. Doug Peterson is the most impressive thing about this football team this year. I think he, he deserves a lot more credit than Carson Wentz. I think he deserves a lot more credit than anything else that's out on the field. That's including Jim Schwartz on the other side, who's also done a phenomenal job. It's not to pit one against the other. It's just that, uh, you know, when we look at, Last year, we're defending Carson Wentz a lot because we know he was going to be good. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. He's going to be good. Doug Peterson, we wanted to throw him out with any sign of trouble, not giving him the same benefit of the doubt. And and here we are, you know, and I think that's part of the reason why. And listen, trust me, it's fun. I'm enjoying dunking on everybody when it comes to Carson Wentz this season. Rightfully so, too. And we even mentioned the reason why we're you know, we overcorrect so much is because the takes were so bad. Comparing him to Nate Sudfeld, comparing him to you know all these you know the, he the wasn't worst picks on the PFF top thirty-two people you want to start a team with. They had Josh Allen, Joey Rosen, Sam Darnold, all these guys, Brandon Graham, but all these quarterbacks have never even played in the NFL. Yeah. They had on that list, and Carson Wentz not even on that list. It's those type of takes that just make you want to dunk in their faces. Unbelievable. Let's go to David in uh, New Mexico. What's up, my man? How are you? Doing fine, gentlemen. Happy Turkey Day to everybody, and to you, sir. Uh, well, you know, I, I watched this team and I watched the running backs and I cannot give enough credit to Deuce Staley and how he's handled this group. I mean, you think about a running back, especially in college, most of these guys, back to all of them, at one time or another, they were the man. They were the guy. Now they're being asked to swallow their egos, put their pride aside, put their individual accolades aside and work together as a unit and be unselfish. And it is working to perfection there there aren't many larger egos than diva wide receivers and strong running backs in the nfl and what deuce has done in this room and brought these running backs together and it doesn't matter because jason ajai came in and fell right in line because Mm -hmm. the plate was already set along with the running back group too 
<laughs> yeah, it's like they've been playing for years. All he had to do, yeah, all he had to do was fall in line, and it and it has worked uh, seamlessly. And I don't, I, I don't really uh, uh, wish this like soon, but I hope Deuce Daly has. Uh, aspirations of being a head coach. He's going to be. I really do. David, yeah, I, 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 I would I bet everything I have, Deuce will be a head coach in the NFL someday. And I cannot wait to see Deuce on the sideline with a headset running an NFL team. He deserves it. I think he's got the heart for it. I think mm-hmm. he's got the head for it. And he's got the temperament for it. And uh, it, would be, it would be awesome to see because he was one of my favorite guys when he was a player, even when he left. He was one of my favorite players, and uh, yeah. he's been as humble as advertised. And, David, a lot of stuff we don't see. I know John Ritchie has said multiple times on the Midday Show, Deuce, the smartest person he's ever been in a room with when he was in the running back room with Deuce, he said you could watch film, and Deuce could tell you what all 22 people on the field were doing after just one clip of it. Like, he said that Deuce knows football as well as anyone he's ever been around. I think Deuce is certainly on that track. I have a question for you guys. I heard uh, something through the grapevine. Uh that one of Carson Wentz's many strengths outside of his, his willingness to be the best he, that he can be is that he has a photographic memory. If that's wow. true, if that's true, then it's no wonder he has been as successful uh, as he has been. Because if you have a photographic memory, you know how fast you can go through plays and go totally through practice, so how, much, how, much, how much work you can get done you know, in a session if, if, you're, if your quarterback has a photographic memory and he can teach as well as remember. If that's true, that has to be a big leg up on how he's – well, and how he's been so successful. Absolutely, David. We appreciate the call, man. Uh, it's so funny that you say that because when you hear the Chris Collins uh, or Collinsworth story about you know him putting up all mm-hmm. or the Eagles putting up all the plays on the whiteboard, wiping them off, and then doing. I mean, that is a Goodwill Hunting moment. Yep. You know, like wh- where was it? Here it is. Here it is. This and it was flawless. How you like them apples? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just need a just need a napkin and a donut shop, and you would pretty much recreate the that entire scene right there. But that's, I mean, uh, it's funny because we had the. I think David also had the LASIK eye surgery theory. Yeah, yeah he talked yeah. about it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed that theory. So between that, his eyes are good. Yeah. Photographic memory. Which would explain a lot about, you know... The recognition. The, the pre and post snap and doing, you know, all the all the back and forth. What? Chris Collinsworth called him a genius, right? Yeah. yeah. So. And we've heard... And, we, and, and it's not like it's just Chris Collinsworth we've heard that from. We've heard a lot of people talk about his ability to recognize, his ability to see things and, and not forget it. And, you know, next time he sees it, make a different decision. I, I think that that is the type... I don't know if photographic memory or not, but he's clearly insanely bright and, and clearly very football smart as well. So I think that that is something that we talked about a lot, like the Drew Brees, Tom Brady type of thing where... A defense BLG can't throw something at you that you haven't seen. I think Wentz has a chance to get to that kind of level in that. And to that point earlier about Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks going to uh, Jeff Stoutland and kind of getting them to be Mm -hmm. able to run the ball against Dallas. I mean, Carson Wentz had Doug Peterson put a play, at least one play, I'm sure there's been multiple, into the offense that 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 the most impressive play of the year, his touchdown pass to Corey Clement against Washington, that was a play that they ran at North Dakota State, and Carson Wentz got Doug Peterson to put into the offense. That right there shows you this isn't a guy who just wants to get paid. And, and because there are guys like that in the NFL who just, you know, they want to make big money and they want to be the star. Carson Wentz wants to win. Like he wants, I'm sure he wants those things too, but he wants to win first and foremost. And you see it in a, in a moment like that when he's adding plays to the offense just so he thinks he can help the team and win. And also, Go back to the Panthers game. We talk about it almost every week at this point where he's just trying to barrel down a dude to get into the end zone. Mm -hmm. He's not doing that because he wants all the glory and he's trying to get a big contract and 
because he could risk himself getting hurt, and then, you know, he's in a bad spot. He just wants to get that touchdown because he wants to win. Fascinating theory I heard from uh, uh, Kevin Clark and Robert Mays at The Ringer. The concept that when you think about all these, you know, top quarterbacks in college, the guys like Blake Bortles or whoever it is who get drafted third overall, this type of guy, they're always the guy. Their entire life, they are, you're the guy, you're the quarterback, you're the big guy, you're that. Carson Wentz wasn't that. You know, he didn't play quarterback to what, his sophomore year yeah. of high school. He was a little guy at first, had to be growth spurt. You have to think that, at least in terms of mentality, in terms of approach, that has to have some sort of effect. Yeah, hey, kid, you're going to go to North Dakota State. Good luck in getting yeah, in the NFL. Exactly, right? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of that. And to your point about, you know, the byproduct of having the money, being an MVP candidate, having your jersey sales be number one, uh, he didn't do anything. He didn't do anything marketing-wise. He didn't go call Spike Lee and said, hey, let's go make a commercial. <laughs> he just said, let's go put a couple of plays in the offense. And the, that's why I turned back to Doug Peterson. For a guy to be that receptive and that open to be like, totally. oh, yeah, I think that might work here. You know, you can't be just the – and I think that's the difference between him and Andy. I, I, I don't remember any stories like that of anybody. What do you, what do you like here? Yeah, yeah, I'm well, sure that happened in game, but not like well, not it's to like that the extent. anti-chip, right? It's the concept of of not putting guys into your system and saying my system will work. It's saying, all right, what does this guy do well? I'm going to do that. What does this guy do well? I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> playing to your guys' strengths and utilizing them as opposed to saying my way is right and you'll figure it out. I think Yo, that's a big Philly! thing. <laughs> By the way, yeah, wait, uh, Chip, uh, hi, buddy. Uh, congratulations, uh, UCLA. You finally went back to college. It took uh, four years. I think it's a great hire. Look, there. he's, yeah, a, good, a, he's hire. a good college coach, you know? He is. He'll be back. He'll be back. <laughs> 888-729-9494. Let's go to Corey real quick. Corey, what's up, buddy? How are you? What's up? How you doing, guys? What's up, Corey? Holidays. Uh, I have a question for you about fantasy football and then the Eagles. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm seven and three, and on my fantasy, I'm in first place. Good work. What quarterback would you start, Marriott or Dalton? Ooh. Uh, who's Cincinnati Mar- going up against? Mar- uh, Cleveland. Mariota's Cleveland, okay. against Tennessee, uh, against Indianapolis. They both have really good matchups. Man, that's a tough one. I think Mariota's kind of the clear, obvious answer because you know that's running right, a little bit, but. Man, Dalton, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions against the Browns. I, it's a tough matchup. I'd, Corey, we're not going to help you. I'm going yeah. to say Dalton. Yeah, I, I, I'm close, man. It's, it's, I, I might go Dalton. I might. I'm going to go Dalton. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell my dad to put in for Dalton because I'm, <laughs> I'm in first place. I don't want to lose. I'm going to win. Got to keep gonna go it going. Got to win, baby. Yeah, what's your ego's question there, Corey? Well, I'm going to say, like, clearly I heard you guys talking about Carson Wentz being the MVP, yeah. And I and I like that signing with, with – um. Darby, I love Darby. He's, I, I love that sign when we traded Matthews to the Bills and everything else. And um, and the defense is like lights out and everything. And um, and I want to, I want Jeffries to stay here and everything. I, I don't want to lose him because I'll go crazy. I love Jeffries. <laughs> and um, and I just, I, I just love the Eagles. I've been loving them since 1990. I my feel dad you, yeah. Absolutely, Corey. Yeah, I know. I yeah. hope they sign Jeffrey too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> In addition I, to Jeffrey's. yes, both of them should sign both of them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't think that's what the the final checklist is for me about you know Alshon finally being the uh, the, the, the the team guy. If he signs a deal before he gets yeah. <laughs> free agency, man, that's. Uh, I know Jack Fritz is going to jump up and down because every, everything that you know he had prophesied on the Counterpoint podcast would then come true uh, if he does that. So uh, we'll get more into that, plus more of your phone calls, 
94-94. The NFC least is coming up next. It's BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowden, Editor-in-Chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. We're here with you until 2 o'clock. And we're asking you today, who's impressed you the most up to this point? So far, BLG says Carson Wentz, James Seltzer. Can't believe that uh, my ears, <laughs> ears, ears still can't believe that he's saying Doug Peterson. I'm in the Patrick Robinson camp, although I... I, uh, I will pine for Doug at any moment in time, and uh, we'll be doing a lot more of that. But right now, it is time to get to the NFC least. The follies, the screwballs, and the screw-ups. It's BGN Radio's NFC least on Sports Radio 94 WIP. All right. What a beautiful thing to be doing the NFC least right now. I can't think of a better thing to do. Then go around and talk about all the teams that are not going to win the NFC East this season. John, what's going on up in New York right now? You know what? We're lumping them together because it's the Giants and the Saints (laughs) who gave us one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my life. You made Ian Eagle and Mike Mayock talk about cookies in the second quarter. (laughs) You put them to sleep. Do you know what would happen if you put John Mara and Dan Snyder and make them have a baby? It would be the dumbest baby (laughs) on the planet. These two franchises are about to burn up, fire up. They're going to lose Cousins. They're going to lose Manning. And then there's nothing there. Nothing but a barren of a wasteland, both in New York, both in the Landover, because you can't even be in the real city where you're supposed to be from. (laughs) It's going to be the truest, most awful, worse than that field at FedEx Field dumpster fire. I can't believe these two teams exist. Well, at least they got Ben McAdoo in one of them, right? I mean, that's a win. Johnny! about those five and six Dallas Cowboys? Hey, does anybody remember Peyton Manning in his second year in back-to-back games when he threw zero touchdowns and five interceptions? Oh, great, because it didn't happen. (laughs) It never happened. And yet Dak Prescott is still compared to him, to Tom Brady, to whoever. And you know who has a better stat line than him this season? Case Keenum. (laughs) Case Keenum. You can't even beat out Case Keenum in this wretched, awful time where quarterbacks are dying and young stars are supposed to come up. Stop comparing him to Hall of Famers. And that means you, Cianfei. I can't believe a guy like you actually said, hey, so many expectations were put on Dak Prescott this year, and it's unfair to judge him in the second year. Who was doing that? (laughs) Who was doing that? You were. You, you kept comparing him to the top five quarterbacks. I wouldn't take anybody over anybody. Dak Prescott, easily. That's the one you take for the sweaty start of franchise. It was your fault. Your fault. Bring the pain. Bring the pain. <laughs> He's the worst, and I love it. Johnny, we can't do this without bringing it home. What's going on here in Philadelphia? The Ivy has now been booked in Minneapolis. Yeah, buddy. The Radisson booked the ivy booked i have no idea where the philadelphia eagles are going to stay in the run towards the super bowl and i'm worried about it (laughs) that's it for the nfc list my god let's go to george in levittown george what's happening buddy hey good afternoon gentlemen george Um, 
I have to say, you know what? Got to give props to Doug Peterson, but this it was because it was a storyline this weekend. Then it gave me a flashback to one of the worst memories as an Eagle fan. They were talking about, you know, the first half was a little rough against Dallas, but then the players went in, they're like the offensive line in particular, and they go, hey, we can run on these guys. So what's Coach do? Drops his ego and is like, all right, let's do it. It flashed me back to who Doug's mentor was, Andy Reid. We all remember the NFC Championship game where we take the kickoff and that Deuce Staley goes in from 20 yards out. Absolutely. John Runyon, one of the best linemen ever, tells Andy Reid, hey, Scrap it. Run the ball. What's Andy do? Nah, I know what's going on. Yeah, okay. And Rondé Barber's still running through my head going down the sideline. George, it's a great point, especially because we just saw Andy do it again last week, and that's why they lost to the Giants. He he consistently continues to do the same things over and over again, and to see Doug in the exact same type of situation say, all right, guys, I got your back. I'm with you, man. I think that's a, a big, big positive in Peterson Saver. And you know what? It's something. It's where I give him credit because you know you could see that Carson Wentz was going to be who he was. It's what you could. You saw flashes of it last year, obviously. But with Doug Peterson, I'll admit last year I'm like, ah, I don't know about the hire. But I'll tell you what: when you're a great student, it means you go past your mentor. So. Thank you, Doug, and let's just enjoy the ride. Thank Absolutely. you, gentlemen. Yeah, thanks, George. Thanks for uh, tuning in uh, each and every week as well. And yeah, I mean that's where I'm at too. I it's mean, crazy. I just. It, I, I'm trying to I, – I even tried to go back to that anywhere in those couple of seasons, and my, my memory just doesn't have any of that of what, you know, kind of Andy did there. So it's I think it's fair to say that they are finally – you know, the comparisons are finally uh, separating themselves, even though that's what we kind of pigeonholed Doug in when he first came in. Let's go to Khalif in Germantown. What's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, what's going on, man? I, hey, Carlos stole my thunder. I mean, but it's, it's, it's uh, evident, you know, I really uh, – I take Doug um, – Peterson, I feel like he is um, like the same sentiments. Basically, he uh, he runs the ball when Reed doesn't, and I think the fact that he's listening and he's able to adapt to what we have is that's just that's been monumental in our team's progress, and ultimately in how I feel about the Eagles. You know, because during that whole Andy Reid era when we were winning and doing all those positive things. I always felt like uh, he'll, he'll overthrow the ball. He went, and he's going to screw it up at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's going to screw it up. And he, and he always got out coached in the end whenever it mattered. And I think Doug is like, he's, he's that quarterback coach. And I think he really gets it. He gets it where Andy Reid, he didn't play the game. So I don't think he gets it. And I think Doug gets it. And he's providing along with Howie, all of the different elements to make uh, Carson Wentz comfortable and, you know, MVP candidate in his second year. I think that's just so – he's it's like it's, it's, you can't put into words how his his impact on the team. Yeah, Cleef, um, I think you said a key word in there is adapt. We've seen Doug mm-hmm. Peterson be able to adapt and be able to change his approach in situations and say, all right, this isn't working. I'm going to do this. That was one of our biggest complaints with Andy. You know, that was a real issue. Right. He took, he took uh, you know, he took criticism and he applied it. You know, that fourth and eight or whatever like that, he went for it. And, like, you know, at, at one point you could still upset, but he, he did it. He adapted. And he hasn't made any mistakes since. And he's still risky, but I just I just love what he's bringing in. Aggressive. Uh, you know, That's the word I like to use. He's aggressive. Aggressive. I like that. I like that. Well, thanks a lot for uh, taking – oh, yeah, what do you think? Who's – uh? Can we do a poll who's better, Andy Reid or Doug? Like, I know we're doing a quarterback comparison, but, I mean, I'm sure it might be quite evident, but let's uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we can, we can, great can see about that. I uh, I mean, I know it's really ridiculous to go like, well, 
this guy's been in the league for it's 16 early, yeah. years. It's early. Don McNabb played for, you know, a very long time here in Philadelphia. He's still technically the best, you know, uh, quarterback that Philadelphia has ever had. Numbers-wise. Most accomplished. I think uh, most, accomplished most accomplished is a good way to play it. Because, I, I mean, I think Wentz is better already. I've said that before. Yeah, I think Wentz is better now than McNabb was in 04 in his prime, whatever you want to say. I think he's just a, – a, He's obviously more physically gifted. There's no question about it. He's bigger, stronger, faster, all that type of stuff. But maybe not faster, but you know what I mean. But just from all the recognition and all the other stuff that we see him doing, you know, we never saw McNabb do that to that level already. Well, so, just the mental toughness, I that's, think, yeah, is just absolutely. Is, is a big part of that as well. We'll keep the uh, discussion going. Who has impressed you the most this Eagle season thus far? 888-729-9494. It's BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. For WIP FM HD One Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. Duh, Bears <laughs> coming into town. Uh, it's uh, I unfortunately I'm, I'm I kind of feel sad that they have to fly out here. You know, just saving the trip. Sim the game. Move on to the next thing. <laughs> just need draft picks and players and all the all the weapons you can get for uh, Mitchell Trubisky because it's going to be a pretty pretty uh, awful game for them. Great for Sim us. Sim the game. Sim the game. <laughs> next, uh, it is BGN Radio on uh, Sports Radio ninety four WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee, Gatton, all hanging out with you until three o'clock. The one and the only Mister Sean Brace is going to join us about uh, two forty five to get into our NFL picks and. I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but finally, for the very first time, the two biggest podcasts in Philadelphia are getting together for a live show at the Underground Arts. BGN Radio writes to Ricky Sanchez live December 22nd, Friday. It's the uh, it's the weekend before Christmas, and as we were right about Carson Wentz, and as they were right about the process, we figured it'd be a nice time to celebrate. It's the We Were Right Before Christmas show. They are on sale right now. For $15, and they're only going to be on sale for $15 up until Monday. You can go to our pin tweet at BGN underscore radio. Click on Ticket Fly right there and go grab yourself some tickets. We're going to have a lot of surprises. There's going to be plenty of beer, plenty of food, and a lot of fun. So uh, we're, we're very excited to go in and do that. Uh, we were talking about basically who's impressed you the most this season. First off, we have Carson Wentz, Patrick Robinson, Doug Peterson. Deuce Staley was another one. Uh, and I, 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 really, I think that... You know, between all the position coaches, Deuce doesn't probably come up enough, and also Corey Unlin doesn't come up enough. Yeah, or Chris Wilson. Through that, yeah, through uh, the defensive line and uh, in the secondary. It's just a – everyone is in – you can go on and on and on and on for days, it seems like, about it. Yeah, this the, – because they're good. Well, <laughs> they're I, think, good. I think you could go – literally, we were talking before the show, like you could almost, almost say any position player on the team as the most impressive. You know, if you go around the, the roster here and just be like, wow, that guy's been way better than I expected. I didn't think that guy was going to be on the team. He's playing at a Pro Bowl level, blah, 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 blah. It's just they have been so much better on a per-player basis. It is, it's wild, man. Let's go to uh, Dan in Levittown. Dan, what's happening today? Hey, man, how are you? Doing good. How you doing? Good. Um, yeah, I'm just excited for the Eagles, man. I'm a huge Eagles fan. I've been, uh, been my whole life. Um, I believe that we're definitely going to beat Dallas tomorrow by like two or three touchdowns. I mean, not Dallas. Dallas. <laughs> See, I like the, I like the mentality though, Dan. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm in, uh, the bears. I think we're going to, I think we're going to murder them. And, um, 
You know, I think, honestly, I think um, you got Nelson Aguilar, and um, we didn't see a whole lot of Lane Johnson last year, so he's doing really good, you know. And uh, Nelson Aguilar definitely surprised me. Um, those two came out really good this year. I mean, like you said on the radio, you can name almost every player that um, that just impressed me. Yeah, um, Aguilar definitely should be high on the list, though. I mean, there are a lot of people who wanted that guy out of this city. And I, I was one of them, honestly. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, uh, you definitely weren't alone there. You were yeah. not alone, sir. You know, I, I, I like him now, honestly. I, I want to keep him. I would sign him. But, um, you know, I was thinking about, like, all the players that we're going to have to, like, sign for the next couple of years, man. It's insane. You know, like, what do you think about Kendricks? He was, like, about to go. And now, like, at the same time, I want to keep him again. Yeah, so, it's, it's it's been uh, – and we appreciate the call, Dan. Thanks so much for tuning in, bud. Uh, I think it's going to be – tough i think there's going to be a lot of fights on twitter honestly. i think you're not going to be able to resign all the guys you want to and michael kendricks you know again still requested a trade back in january uh joe said to us yesterday again that he's not sure if you know he still likes his playing time and still likes being how he's used right now i i, I don't know blg i mean the I, I think between that and what dave spadero had told us you know last sunday about hey there's going to be another guy that's going to be extended before the end of the season and we all speculate, and honestly, between Trey Burton and and Bradham, those are probably the first two that jump off of there. Uh, now, or excuse Alshon me, Alshon well. Jeffrey would be a, a, a nice surprise if that were to happen. Although I still think he's going to go and test free agency. But yeah, I mean, wh- uh, where should their focus be when it comes to that? Well, there's so many important decisions coming up for this team. Again, I was saying it last night. They only have about two million in cap space right now, which they can carry over if they want to. If they don't use it this year into next year. And next year, as of right now, they're projected to have the lowest amount of cap space in the league at negative, negative $2 million. So they're going to have to make some tough cap casualty cuts. They're going to have to make some trades. They're going to have to move some things, shift things around, ask maybe some guys to take pay cuts like they did this offseason, restructure some contracts. There's going to be a lot of things for Howie Roseman to do this offseason it's going to be tough. You're not going to be able to keep everyone. That's the reality of the situation. You want to keep a guy like Patrick Robinson after the season he's having, you're probably not going to be able to because he's probably going to be able to get more money in free agency than the Eagles can offer. Again, the upside of that when you have good players and you can't keep them is you get those comp picks. You get these picks in the draft now, which can be traded you have to rely on the draft. That's why you brought Joe Douglas in here because those draft picks are more important than ever now. You have to get talent in here that's cheap. You know, that's the advantage of getting these young guys that they have these rookie contracts and they're on those for four or five years depending on where you drafted them. So uh, it, there's a lot of tough decisions to be made here. I, I don't, there's no easy answers right now. I think a lot of what happens can still be determined depending on things go down the stretch. You know, we're all talking about resigning Alshon. I think everyone would like to see that right now. But, you know, God forbid, what if something, you know, gets hurt or something weird happens? That throws a wrench into everything. So there's there's a, so much time left that things can change, but there's no easy answer. Like, you, there's no, like, it's simple as you resign all these guys, you, you cut these guys. There's a lot of things to figure out this offseason. I think you have to feel good, though, with Howie Roseman doing it. You know, you, I, I mean, if, I, it, with his track record and what we've seen, especially in this arena, the ability to to manage these contracts, to find ways to, you know, obviously make trades that help and all that type of stuff. While there will be a lot of tough decisions, I feel really good how, with Howie Roseman making those decisions. And we can only really speculate on what exactly Joe Douglas and his imprints are and kind of get the feel of 
you know, what he has and has not done. James, you said it yesterday. I think he's been one of the most impressive things about this team as well. You can see that the culture changed with all the different players that they brought in. And when you're trying to break a Super Bowl, Chris, when you're trying to just get over that ugly hump, that drought of any major franchise in any sport, you want guys in here that have won, won before, know what it takes. There's your Chris Long. There's your Torrey Smith. There's the rest of the guys there. And people that haven't been here to get sucked into any of that, whatever, Philadelphia mentality. Carson Wentz is a rookie. We already know he's, he's pretty headstrong already. The rest of the crew, Timmy Jernigan, like Alshon Jeffrey, all these guys have not been here long enough to experience the Philadelphia. <laughs> and I think that's part of the success, too, is just finding guys that are going to go in and <clears throat> do their job and then, you know, kind of roll on from there. I think that he's he's been phenomenal higher thus far. Yeah, and he said he was going to do it, right? He said, listen, we want to bring in a different type of person here. Not just a different type of player, but a different type of person to be a part of this. And and again, you know, Chip Kelly going to UCLA, like, had the right idea. It, the, the culture does matter, and we are really seeing that bear out this season. Let's go to Frank in the Poconos. Frank, what's happening, man? How are you? Hey, what's going on, guys? Nothing much, man. How was your uh, turkey day? Oh, pretty good. I think, uh, John, you probably know me as Random Frank P. Uh-huh. What's up, buddy? <laughs> Yo, oh, hold on real quick. Random Frank P has, like, one of the best YouTube accounts ever if you're a tech geek, so like I am. So, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, what, what's your uh, – shout out your YouTube page real quick, pal. Uh, it's YouTube.com slash Random Frank P. Bunch of, like, gaming peripherals, keyboards, anything tech-related I try to review on the channel. Gives you the best deals and all that stuff, too, where to find those places. That's why me and Frank get along so well. What's on your mind today, buddy? <laughs> yeah, thanks for the shout-out, man. But uh, I still feel like I'm just going to wake up and it's, it's, they're going to be like four and six. Like this whole nine and one <laughs> thing is just still, I, I, it hasn't sunk in yet. You know, it's too good to be true. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially because it was so like a lot of people were like nine wins is the prediction for the season. And we're 10 games into the season. They already did it. Frank, you know, it's crazy. We're still trying to find it. You know, right? like we, we wake up, we're like, all right, where's the, where can we poke the hole? Just make me feel better about myself. I know there's something wrong with this team. <laughs> and we, yeah, it's just, it's an ongoing thing every week. Another thing I wanted to say was, I remember, I believe it was last year, uh, maybe Carson's like introductory conference, he was talking about how growing up his favorite team was the Vikings, and that once Brett Favre was in his final two years, you know, they would drive up to Minnesota to watch the games. And this year with, you know, the Super Bowl being in Minnesota and the draft being in Dallas, we could, like, it's all just aligning for us. Like, we're going to Carson's favorite team stadium. If we're the 32nd pick in Dallas Stadium for the draft, oh, nothing, nothing would be yeah. <laughs> Brian Dawkins up there just you know, oh, screaming and yelling. Where- and now making the 32nd pick Super Bowl. I can't even. Yeah, I, yeah. I got to stop. I got to stop. I got to stop. But, yeah, I love it, Frank. Oh, yeah, no, it would be Roger, it would be Roger for, for announcing Goodell. the pick. It's but a we, Goodell. We'll go, we'll go to the second round and, and maybe get into the – yeah, I mean, Frank, if that happens, we're taking over Dallas. I yes. think that's oh, only appropriate. Definitely. So, absolutely, man. man uh, keep uh, continued success, my friend. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. Have a good one, guys. Uh, yeah, I, it's it does line up that way. And also, little tidbit, as we learned last night, Carson Wentz in his college career, five and zero in the playoffs. See, see that FBS schools, you can have a playoff structure and things work out nicely. And that's how the game is played. It's amazing how this happens. As we're rooting for chaos on another random Saturday <laughs> for Miami loses. Five and zero. And also, when we talk about adversity, we want to see where Carson Wentz is. You know, and I know it's different. College and NFL is different, but it's not like he hasn't done it before. You know, he in in college, he's blown out teams. He's had one minute drives to go win the game. Done that. It's all over the place. I don't have any doubts in my mind. If this team gets down, 
offensively, defensively, all together, they can come back from 14, 13, 15s, you know, if they have a quarter and a half to go and go and score some points. I think this is the type of team that still can do that, even though they haven't shown it yet. Absolutely. I mean, look at the, I mean, look, yes, they haven't been in that situation yet, but they've shown they can score points in bunches. They've shown that they have a defense. They can get three and outs when they need them. They have all the, the you know, the, the recipe, all the, the ingredients to be able to do that type of stuff. They've just been so good that they haven't had to. You have to take that into account. It's like, you know, do you really want them to be like losing just so you can see it? No, they're too good. They keep beating up on teams. I do agree with you, John, though. I think there is zero reason to believe that he can't do it. And look, we kind of saw him do it last year in Baltimore a little bit. Where There have been times where we've seen it. You know, they didn't win that game because they went for the two and it didn't work out. But he brought them back to win that game in theory. And that was with no receivers, no talent around him. I I have no doubts that when the time comes, Carson Wentz will come through in that situation. BLG, why do we want to see that, though? That's my question. Why do we want to see the adversity before the playoffs? Because it doesn't matter. You know, the playoffs, you can scrub everything out about the regular season. Why do we need to see that now? Well, one of the funny things I always thought about people pointing out about Tony Romo is about how he had this great record or he had the most fourth quarter comebacks ever. Matthew Stafford, too. You always hear it with him, too. Which I think is like a funny stat because, yes, that's like that's good in the sense that he's able to come back and win these games. But Tom Brady, a better quarterback, isn't going to have those performances because he kills the team yeah. so that they don't mm-hmm. need a comeback. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can do it because you've seen that too. Yes, yep. absolutely. And, yeah, maybe exactly. in the Super Bowl down 25 points in the third quarter, whatever, no biggie. But he shouldn't be, doing it, <laughs> shouldn't be doing it in every game. You know, right. that's like, and, and so when you're, you're looking at like the most ever, that's not necessarily the best stat to me. I think Carson Wentz, uh, if he keeps playing well, I mean, no, we don't need to see that. Like, <laughs> if he's going to keep playing so well that the whole team is just going to crush the competition, which honestly, could very well happen sure. here. Like going down the stretch, you look at the schedule. I mean, I know the Rams. You know they're they've been playing well, but I mean, like Minnesota killed them. So yeah. who's 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 and the to Rams say? have not had a great uh, tough schedule up until now. Now it gets hard for them, but they had a pretty easy schedule. Exactly. And in Seahawks, they're suddenly their defense isn't so scary. Russell Wilson is because he can do a lot of things. Yeah, he can. But I mean, this you could look at this team going down the stretch and just dominating their opponents throughout and. That's just so rare in the NFL. In the NFL, in a league that's a week-to-week league, as people say. Parity, all that stuff. Parity, and games are a lot, are closer than expected. The Eagles have just been consistently crushing their opponents, and that's not something to take for granted. Like, you shouldn't need to want it. You shouldn't want to see a weakness in this team. Please do worse. Style (laughs) points do matter. Stop beating teams by 30 (laughs) points, guys. Come on. It's crazy. Style points do matter in the NFL. I, I saw recently someone say that, it, you know, it doesn't, they do. They absolutely yeah. do. If you're winning all these games by one point, that's a reflection of your team. That, that probably tells you, okay, you're winning these games, but. But you can lose them at any time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the not Eagles, as good not maybe that as situation. your record shows. Uh, the last thing about this is that you can look at the 49ers game, you can look at the Dallas game, and you can complain how they started slow, and they still crushed those teams. That is incredible to me. 30 points. Yeah. And a half. Yeah, twice. That's why I'm not concerned. They've hit 30 points and a half back-to-back weeks. And if fourth quarter comebacks, <laughs> Come fourth quarter comebacks are important. I'm not saying, like, you need a guy that can do that. BLG yeah. pointed that out. If they were that important with the two guys you named and Tony Romo and Matt Stafford, where are their playoff exactly. games? Exactly. You know? So mm. that's why I keep coming back to a lot. Let's go to Brian and Collingsworth. Brian, what's happening, man? How are you? Hey, man. How's it going? Good. When you guys are discussing most underrated, I think we take for granted definitely in this offseason what the front office did when you're looking at Howie Roseman and Joe Douglas. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
I think I think Howie made some moves necessary to make us competitive this year by picking up Alshon, Chris Long, Timmy Jernigan. But then if you look at the draft, we got Derek Barnett, we got Sidney Jones that would have been a top 12 if it wasn't for his Achilles. Hey, Brian, where did we get uh, Derek Barnett from? I forget. What did you say? I said, where did we get Derek Barnett from? I forget. Memphis, I think, right? Oh, no. no I, I, I no. mean, uh, from the Minnesota Vikings. That's oh, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. For Tennessee, for, uh, technically. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Tennessee, Tennessee. But I definitely think, like, the moves that Joe Douglas made makes us competitive for years to come. And then what Howie did this year, I mean, you're seeing the fruits of it pay off already. Yeah, I think it's a great point. We talked about this a little last night. The, you know, it's really rare that you can find a team that can kind of straddle that build for the future, build for now thing. And the Eagles have done it this season just about as well as I've ever seen a team be able to straddle that line. See, Browns, it works. Ha! You can... I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Brian. And I, 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 I'm curious on the field. Who do you think's been the most underrated? Most underrated, I would have to go with. I would definitely have to go with Jalen Mills. I mean, you've been hearing a lot of crap Absolutely. about him coming in, and I think what you've seen him do this year just I think he's really really exploded onto the scene. Um, I think if Sidney Jones, if and when he comes back, I think it's going to hurt Jalen Mills, but I, I've just been really impressed by what he's been able to keep up with because going in, we definitely thought our cornerbacks were going to be the weakest. That's a good call, Brian. Oh, big-time good call. Because I always thought, you know, all right, Jalen Mills will be a nice CB3. I'm not sure. You know, his ceiling might be a CB2, and now you're kind of like, all right, well, yeah. maybe he can really hang. And, and I looked at how much he was being targeted That's in the first what... couple of weeks, the first couple of – you know, you're like, all right, yep. we, we can say all we want, but, I mean, they're still throwing they at him. They saw something on film. But also, E.J. Bouye gets thrown at a lot, too, because he's got Jalen Ramsey on the other side there. I, you know, and I get it, but I think not only from the jump from last year to this year, the last couple of weeks, oh. it's been a different corner. And what if, I mean, he's so physical, man. Like, when was the last time we had cornerbacks here who tackle the way these guys do and make plays in the, in the backfield like that? And Bobby and Troy. And Bobby and Troy. That's the last How time. How dare you degrade Asante Samuel? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, they're so physical, man. Like, Jalen Mills, that tackle, we talked about it a lot this week on the Midday Show, but that arm tackle he had of Dez was like, that was a man's tackle. Yeah, like, that was like, like, ripped his arm out that of That was socket. just like pure Sorry. brutality and oh. strength and like, I, to have corners who, who play that way is re- it's exciting. Also, why was Chris Collinsworth giving Des Bryant props on that? I don't know. He's like, oh, look at him. Oh, he's so, he's t- so tough. He got tackled to by a uh, wrist wrist tackle. Like, really, dude? Terrible Amazing. game for Des. Too. You know yeah, what? Hey, awful. guys, guess what? Des sucks. Hey, Des and Dex. Dinkin, Dinkin Dex <laughs> sucks. He had 14 targets, and he had like 50 yards or 60 yards. It's like, man. In garbage time, not too, good. some of them. Not good. Let's go to Graham in uh, Wilmington. Graham, what's up, buddy? Hey, what's up, guys? Love the show. Love the podcast. I read the uh, website every single week. Appreciate that, man. Thank you. So, um, well, I just wanted to say, uh, you know, I think you guys were hitting on it a couple times today already, but I think one of the best things about this season is that we went into it thinking that it wasn't going to be anything like it is. We thought we had a good team, obviously, and, you know, uh, Carson coming into his sophomore year looking towards the future, but to see everything gel together like it has, it's just, just kind of surreal. Magical, and, uh, almost. Yeah. You know, last week, my buddy, he's a big Cowboys fan, so, you know, we're, we're jawing at each other, texting, and uh, he texts me, he's like, oh, man, it's going to be a 15-17 to 17 game or something, and we're going to pull it out in the end. I'm like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure pretty sure it's going to be closer to, like, 30 to, 30 to 24. And he's like, nah, nah, no way, no way. I'm like, watch. So what, did, you, what did he have faith in Dallas's defense? Are you kidding me? Jeez. Man. I have no idea what he was thinking, but I knew Doug was going to come out, come out and, and uh, you know, when I heard 
what he said to the reporter, like, oh, yeah, I know our kicker's down, man, but you know what? No sweat. We're just going to go for two every single time. I was like, are you serious? This is, is this really happening? And then we started every, every single time, and I think, obviously, you know, it was a conversion with Selick. I mean, obviously, he dropped it, but still, that, that, was, a, you know, that was a good play. Oh, with Ertz on the fumble, you mean? Yeah, was Ertz? Yeah. yeah, yeah all yeah, the two points. Yeah. They should have all worked. Yeah, all they, four should have worked. And, and also. Thanks, Graham. We appreciate yeah, the call, buddy. And we, I, I mean, we mentioned it on the podcast at BGN underscore radio, but I don't think there's been enough made of, of just the concept of you're playing without a kicker. The other team knows you can't kick field goals and still you score four touchdowns. I mean, that is amazing. I want to touch on that a little more when we get back. Sean Brace coming up in about 25 minutes for NFL Picks. It's BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. You know, I know there's a lot of people that are just kind of revisiting Chip Kelly again because he gets hired by UCLA. And I'm even looking at my timeline right now and Jesus Zoidberg, who is definitely a proponent of hating Chip Kelly. Hmm. You know, he, oh, he ruined my franchise. I'm so glad he's gone. He didn't ruin anything. He ruined nothing. Well, obviously. He gave me... One of the best years in Eagles fandom ever because it was so much fun in 2013. It was fun. And off the field in 2014, there was so much drama. It was damn entertaining. Sure. Between all the different parties and the switch. Like, I, as much as we don't want to admit it, that was a lot of fun because you love the arguments. You love the debates. Hell, we loved all the bad quarterback debates. I know we're in the, in the thick of it for most of us. And he didn't ruin anything. If anything, he saved the franchise because he you you looked at it. no no, no. In, in, indirectly he, I mean indirectly. That, well, that's a key word there that, that keyword that is was indirectly a, listen, but yes you are talking correct. from that perspective because we're sitting here with Carson Wentz right. we're talking about a nine one right. football Look, team no one can complain like the Chip Kelly era was not a failure because of where we are right now there's no question about it but you can't say like. Thanks for doing it, Chip. Because it was not his, Thank it you, was Chip. not his intent. He was not trying to do that. He was trying to be a good NFL head coach Thank with you. the Eagles and it didn't work. Charles Kelly. Look, I'm not gonna not I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna say that, but I'm also not gonna hate Chip. Like it worked out. I'm happy. We have Carson Wentz. We're a Super Bowl contender. All's well that ends well. But I'm not certainly not saying Chip did this. Like, you yes, know. he did. It, indirectly and directly all, like a, all of it. Uh, he did this. He doesn't get credit for <laughs> he doesn't get credit for where they're at now. I'm just saying he did this. It was his old master plan. He's like, I'm gonna come and That's I'm gonna submarine the franchise. <laughs> That's yeah. where he I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna get him the 13 pick. They're gonna find a way to get up to two. They'll get Carson Wentz. It's all gonna work out. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's BGN Radio. <laughs> uh, we, I saw it in his manifesto. It's BGN Radio, right here at Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, and of course, Brandon Lee Gowden, editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. Let's go to Mike in Newcastle hanging out with us today. What's up, Mike? How are you? And how you doing, man? Good. Hey, look, I want to get I want to get the Eagles kudos, man, to, to their organization because personally, I didn't think they'd do it. You know, and, you know they have a lot of breaks and everything, but, you know, like, like the guy said, you know, those are the breaks. That's what, that's what my man said. So, listen, all Eagle fans out there, enjoy the ride. I, I hope you make it. And you know, I know you're not going to accept this from a cowboy fan. Oh, wow. But I am. But, but I'm going to let you know, I hope you guys make it. I, I, I really, it, it is fun to watch and everything. So, I, I, I wish we were there. And I had a little <laughs> drama to it. But, uh, but hey, look, you know, we'll come back next year. But right now for you guys, man. Just enjoy the trip. I hope, hope you guys make it. Man, that is, a, that. that is a hell of an olive branch there, Mike. Yeah. 
Do you really hope we like? Are you really like being legitimate here? Do you really hope the Eagles win? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, because you know, not 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 Eagles fans. I hear a lot of Eagles fans over the radio. They how they put us down, things like that. But look, it's good to see a team that's hitting on all cylinders. I mean, you don't see that very often. You, know, you see that with with New England when they were doing it. You know, uh, Dallas back in the day. You guys got it rolling right there. So I mean, for me to, to sit there, sit back and watch it. You know, I like the football. I mean, I mean, what, what, what can I say? And it happened to be the Eagles. You know, our, our enemy. Man. But hey, you guys, you, you guys got, you guys got it rolling. Hey, Mike, if we so, can, we, know, can hey. we if we put you in touch with a guy named Kean Fahey, <laughs> can you kind of tell him how to be this way, yeah, please? Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, well, I mean, he, 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 he knows, he knows it though. Yeah, I mean, he does. You, you, can, you, can, you can look at the team. Yeah, that's true. And, 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 and say, you know, he knows it. He might not like it. Like, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, we appreciate the yeah, phone call, great buddy. Call, Mike. And uh, hopefully you're having a good uh, extended weekend like the rest of us are here. Uh, I, which Mike br- brings up a pretty good uh, point, and maybe he did it indirectly, but I look at the, the NFC East for next year, and I, you know, and I rip them to shreds in the NFC East with Washington and the Giants, and I think that's rightfully so. I, I do think Dallas – is the next contender. That Absolutely. is the only thing you can say. And honestly, that's probably because of Deke or Deke. Deke. I, I just yeah. called Deke. Deke. Together. Hey. 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 Can we How get, can is we, it taking this long to do that? Can we stretch it out with an S or a D's? D's. D's. But the three. I think that's appropriate. Yeah. Dak and Zeke will be back next year. So, you know, their offense runs up, makes their defense not look like a dumpster fire. I don't know. Is Washington or New York, can they. And I know it's such a, a parody year to year because we can try and, sure, and yeah. call look our what, shots. I mean, I mean, look what happened with the Eagles. I mean, from yeah. seven and nine last year to to now Super Bowl contenders, the NFL, it can happen that way. But I think when you look at the Giants in Washington, and um, I think Washington's a more interesting case. I think the Giants are in a lot of trouble. Eli's done. You know, Ben McAdoo, probably not going to be their coach next year. Probably a new general manager, potentially, even as well. You never know with well, the they Giants. they need a new owner, too. But yeah, they need a lot. And uh, so I think the Giants, they're they're. it's going to take a couple of years. But Washington, it's the Cousins thing. Like, who knows? It's such a weird situation. You were, We all thought he was going to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Now we don't know if he's going to be transitioned or they're going to spend $35 million a year on him, which you don't see them doing. But who knows how that plays out. I think with those two things kind of in flux like that, I think – I think Dallas has to be the number one competitor to the Eagles. Do you think Jason Garrett's back? No, I th- look if they, if this free fall that, continues. That's, well, that's great if he yeah, is. Yeah, I think that, I hope he is. Yeah. Uh, please bring him back. But I think if this free fall continues, look if they end up doesn't matter six and ten or whatever, seven and nine. Do you think Jerry keeps him? I, it's, man, he won Coach of the Year last year. And just, whatever just, yeah, for I mean, whatever it's worth, though. But it it seems by his words. But again, it's Jerry who it's the press. So like, of course, he's going to be like, well. Well, you know, we love each other and Thanksgiving just, and blah, blah, blah. I just feel like but, it's the way they're losing. Like, it's yeah. so clear that Garrett, it, like, for the— Oh, uh, you just share that stat. He's so overmatched. Yeah, well, stat, in the second half. the stat from today? No, what was the one from today? The Browns have only lost by 20 points <laughs> once Oh, this I did season. see that, yeah. The Cowboys have done it three times Damn. in the past 12 days. Yeah, well, look, and then if you want to talk about coaching and adjustments, the number one, like, at least that we can see, the adjustments, we could say, all right, they've made adjustments— or at the half and heading into the second half, they've been outscored fifty-five to six in the second half of the last two games, and it's just consistently without Zeke. It doesn't seem like Garrett has any idea how to adjust. And but that's why you know when we always come back, and it's funny we were talking about that last off season with like, oh, you gotta 
got to make sure that Doug Peterson isn't in control of the play calling and, you know, have him just manage the game. You know, no, man. I mean, it's because what else do you do? What are you, what are you in control of? Well, uh, yeah, I think we're seeing a change with that. Like, and I think uh, McVay is a perfect example too, where Sean McVay will literally call the plays, then go to the bench and just yeah, say, Hey, wait, it has take to be over in your head. I think still. that's kind of the way it's going. And I think it is a, a really smart del- way to delegate. You Shanahan need a defensive too. coordinator. You can trust. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't even have an offensive coordinator on the team. Mm-hmm. It's him. What's yeah. the point? Because what's the point? What's the point? Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're Kyle Shanahan, I think we're seeing well, in Atlanta how, how important you are as an offensive coordinator. He doesn't have one either. And yeah. Uh, well, it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, did you guys realize, speaking of the Browns, the Browns have not won a football game on a Sunday in 27 straight Sundays That's they have amazing. lost on. 27 straight one Sundays. One in 25 since passing in Carson Wentz. unbelievable. Which, again, Chip Kelly still has a better record uh, on Sundays than Hugh Jackson. <laughs> So there you go. BLG, real quick, what is Washington's cap number going to be if they have to tag Cousins next year? Or what is his? What is that number? It would be $35 million in doubt. <laughs> it would be the third straight franchise tag yeah. in a row. It just doesn't seem realistic. That's so that much. Has that ever happened before? No. Uh, no. I don't know. That's no a, quarterback that's so has ever made $35 million in a year. Cap space yeah. to spend on one player and then. You can transition tag him, which I think would probably knock it down to maybe like 30. I think it's 30, yeah. A little more manageable. But then at that point, teams can offer him deals. And then if they offer him a deal and he takes their offer sheet, then Washington either has to match it, and I'm sure that offer sheet's going to be huge. Yeah, well, especially because you can front load it. You can do things to, yeah. Uh, So you're going to, another team will be dictating the terms of that deal to you, and you're put in a situation where you either have to accept that or you have to turn it down. And then you don't have a backup plan because who's left there? It's Colt McCoy is the only other quarterback on that roster. It's unbelievable. They used to have Sudfeld, but now he's in Philly. Well, it's guys... kind of great when you think about just quickly that Wentz Dak thing for whatever it's worth, and we all believe Wentz is much better. But but the Giants and the, and and Washington have really shirked that you know next quarterback thing. Like they've done nothing Real in that bad. department. Well, and that's where you know I, they already kind of had a small PR hint towards Colt McCoy. Did you guys notice that? Like it it, no. it was there and it went away. But around, like, I remember around week four, five, or six, they're saying, well, you know, Colt McCoy is a strong candidate. Oh, for yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. this thing out there, and it was just there, and you're like, wait, where's this coming yeah. from? And then you just start putting the pieces together, like, oh, man, they're not going to get it. There's no way Cousins takes a deal from them. No. I don't think. I think they he go to that. Ter- that They'd have to give him, like, $50 million a year. And look, yeah. that dude is, ma- like, he's going to get paid. He is, like, for what, like him or hate him, what he's done with the injuries they've had and all that stuff. He's played well. Like, he really has. He's a gamer, that dude. And it just tells you everything you need to know when he's complaining about the field conditions. Oh, yeah. And Washington Brest just goes, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just play on it. You know, you don't even listen to your potential franchise quarterback. It's, crazy. it's just like it's a huge difference in disparity between, uh, you know, what you're seeing right here. It's good to Big E. Uh, always checking in. What's up, Big E? How you guys doing? Good. I love the show. Um, I was kind of sad. Because I'm out here doing leaf duty because, you know, the wife puts you to work. And I got a big property with a ton of trees. I've been out here for five hours. So I take a break. I come in, and I hear this guy, Mike, a Dallas fan, giving kudos to the Eagles. So weird, right? Said, it is weird. There's a guy called, I was telling your producer, there's a guy called Levi in the morning, right? And he probably doesn't call in on the weekends. I don't oh, know. Le- no, no. Oh, Levi calls. Levi's all over yeah, the place. we love Levi. <laughs> Levi's, Levi's a good call. Did Levi apologize yet? Levi's not a Cowboys fan. Levi's an Eagles fan. Yeah, Levi's been actually uh, been predominantly Who's saying this is this is the, the Eagles' guy year. In the morning, they always calls in and they always goop on them. Well, there are a bunch. There are a few of those guys. I know Lamont's a Cowboys oh, yeah, fan who calls a, a lot. Um, there are a few of those guys who who are the known Cowboys fans, as it were. Okay, so I'll make my point, and then I have two questions for you. Sure. First of all, 
I came in after five hours. I still have something to do. I am totally uh, refreshed by Mike's call. Yeah, we were yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah no, I, totally. I was cert- like that was, dinner. I was floored by what Mike had to say there. I I, I was sitting here listening because I'm having a smoke. I can't smoke in the house, so I'm in the car and listening, and I'm waiting for the machine, my Husqvarna blower, to cool down because I've been using it for five hours. And I go. Tool time with Biggie. <laughs> Is Al Boylan okay. there? Yeah. Uh, anyhow, here's my two questions. All right. My first question is an easy one. You may not have the answer yet. And the second one is important. The okay. first one is, it's Ohio State, Michigan today, right? It is. It is. But I'm a big Spartan fan for years. Uh, the first question is, are the Spartans? Who Did they play yet? Did they win? And here's the big one. I'm listening when I listen to, you know, to your station which i love Mm -hmm. and then there's all this talk about sturgis versus elliot Uh, my question is and they're saying they're going to get rid of sturgis that's the opinion because elliot cleared uh concussion concussion protocol protocol? yeah Yeah, so what's the question biggie who would you who would you keep elliot oh yeah elliot it's not even not even a question elliot's on the roster yeah Yeah. Philip sturgis isn't yeah Yeah. it's not like an either or like it's Elliot's your kicker. Yeah. He's through concussion protocol. He will be there on Sunday. Uh, Hopefully not hitting people with his helmet anymore. And I haven't been paying t- attention to Michigan State uh, they, I don't all. think their game has started yet uh, But I do know this. Uh, JT Parrott got pulled for maybe a couple of series or, or two. So uh, those that uh, got your wish there, it's been been a lot of fun for that. Uh, when we get back, Sean Brace will join us. It's the NFL Picks right here on BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is BGN Radio, Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Seltzer, Brandon Lee Gowden, editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, we are winding things down, but we are not going to wind things down without our good friend from Fox 29 and, of course, PhillyInfluencer.com, Mr. Sean Brace. Sean, what's happening, pal? Gentlemen, right now I am golfing, and it is a fabulous day ha! in Delaware Valley. What How- a day to be alive. Absolutely gorgeous. The Eagles are 9-1. It doesn't get any better than where, uh Where are you golfing at, my friend? All right, now I am golfing at a wonderful club by the name of Squires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, <laughs> this is some top-notch stuff over here. I got a friend that invited me, so yeah. It How are you shooting? On oh, terrible. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well you played. know what? The, the beer's cold, and uh, it is an absolute stunning day today. That's for sure. Yeah, and it's not that cold for November. So uh, God bless everybody. Well, uh, <laughs> let's uh, waste no more time. Let's get to the NFL picks. It's time to ring the bell. Here comes. On Sports Radio 94 WIP. Well, if you like good teams playing bad teams, this is your week. This is the week for you here as uh, the picks, of course, are brought to you by the Sportsbook. <laughs> the Sportsbook at Delaware Park. It's uh, where you can wager and watch all of today's, or not today's, but uh, tomorrow's pro games. Uh, you just got to go to DelawarePark.com for more details. Delaware Park is a lottery agent for the Delaware Lottery, and he must be 21 to play James Seltzer, but you don't have to be 21 to watch. Where are we heading first? Let's dive in. There is one ga- good game on the slate. We'll get to that in just a minute. Let's start out with some NFC playoff contenders. Well, at least one of them, because there are no good teams playing other good teams except for one game this week. Let's start off in Atlanta as the Tampa Bay Bucks heading into town. Atlanta opens as an 8.5-point favorite up to 10. Mr. Brace, where are you going? 
Boys, you got to start feeling it like I am right now. You got to start worrying about the Falcons just a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just a little bit. Here we are. And I think the Falcons keep that momentum running. I think they run away with this one. Tampa Bay is struggling. Give me the Falcons all day covering that number. There's no way I can bet. I I want to so badly just say I think that's too high. But, like, Tampa Bay is that bad. I'm sticking with Sean. I'm taking the 10 and the Falcons, BLG. Falcons, easy. You said a 10 is too high. This Falcons team is not good. They've beaten nobody, and they've not shown me that they're a good football team. I think they win this game 10 points too high. The Bucks coming off a win. How about that? All right, yeah. let's head up to New York as those plucky little New York Jets plucky. hosting the Carolina Panthers was four and a half point favorites originally up to five and a half. The Panthers on the road, Mr. Brace. Oh, this is a tough one. This is a tough one because the Panthers are the better team, obviously. But this is a road game in November. I'm going to go with the New York Jets here. I think they surprised some people. Give me the J. (laughs) (laughs) My best fireman ad impersonation there. Give me the Jets. Uh, Mr. Brace, not only am I taking the Jets, I'm taking them on the money line. I think they win this thing straight up. BLG, where are you going with this one? I the Jets. Ring the bell again! No, no, no. The Jets are not good. Carolina is better than people are giving them credit for. They're going to go in there. I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout, but I think a touchdown or more. I think they win this game. Cam Newton's on a mission, boys. All right, let's head down. There is one good game this weekend, and this is it, folks. Let's head out to Los Angeles. A big game in terms of affecting the Eagles. New Orleans heads into town as a two-point underdog to the Rams. Sean, start us off. Now we're talking about some good teams here. Oh, I'm curious to know what you guys are going to take. Uh, I'm going to ride the hot hand in the dice game. You guys could go with Ashley and Larry. Give me the Saints. I like the Saints to go in and get this job done. So give me the Saints to continue that win streak. Oh, ring that bell, baby. Saints are fraud defensively. The Rams are a offensive juggernaut. Although Jared Goff struggled against a really good defense, the Saints will be exposed, and they're going to take care of business at home. Saints without both of their starting corners. That's a big concern. But Rams also without Robert Woods, so there's some injuries on both sides. I'm going to bet this as I want to pick the team that I need to lose. So with that said, I'm going to take the Saints and hope that they lose. <laughs> well, it, ring the bell, I guess, because that was kind of like a halfway out. But I'm with John. I think the Rams at home, you know, coming off a loss, kind of, you know, been a tough week for the Rams. I think they get back on track. I think the Saints just not quite as good, and I think missing those two cornerbacks is huge. All right. In Philadelphia, the Eagles open as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite to the Bears. It is already up to 14, 14-and-a-half 14 in some places. Mr. Brace, two touchdowns. How are you feeling? I mean, four. Oh, I think really? we might have lost There show. we are. Is this really where we're at with 14 points? Damn right. Unbelievable. This team is incredible. Uh, I'm feeling a Bronco beatdown, boys. 47-14, so you know where I stand. Give me the E-A-G-L-E-S. <laughs> 47, make it 50. Put a 50-burger on him again. <laughs> Honestly, take, take my advice, Ryan Pace. Sim the football game. Don't even bother coming out. Eagles win big in this one, BLG. Bears have played some teams close, but they're dealing with some injuries on that side of the ball, so that's kind of what makes me a little bit concerned about taking the points. 
Eagles are going to win this game, no doubt, but I'm going to take the points. Oh, no. Well, ring it. I mean, it's not really a ring the bell thing yeah. here, but I'm with you guys. 45 to 10 is my score. Bears Ooh. have injuries, and Leonard Floyd, Can we, not, we have not mentioned his name. That is a massive injury. Their best defensive yeah. player out for the season. I think, look, we've talked a lot. This Eagles team handles their business. I think they handle their business tomorrow. Absolutely. So I, I'm guessing, Sean Brace, because you are enjoying the golf course and the beer is cold, that you will you are not on Fox 29 tonight, but maybe I have that wrong. And where, where can we see you next? Yeah, I mean, a couple of adult beverages at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon ain't going to kill me at midnight tonight, that's for sure. You're damn right. I had, a, I had to stay till after that Texas-Texas A&M game last night, so I deserve a beer after that. <laughs> oh, yes, you do. Uh, hey, you're talking to guys who have beers for breakfast on Sunday morning, so. <laughs> Post-game show tonight, Fox 39 boys. I can't wait for tomorrow. You guys are the best. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sean. And, uh, of course, you can check out the rest of the stuff at phillyinfluencer.com. Well, uh, it's been it's been a great uh, a Saturday afternoon once again. We appreciate everyone tuning in. And once again, a couple of things. We were right before Christmas. The live podcast happening at the Underground Arts. It's BGN Radio. It is Rights to Ricky Sanchez live. And we're going to have a lot of surprises. Maybe a famous internet meme that has been going around the Philadelphia area is going to come together on stage. I'm just throwing that out there. Last time that the Rights to Ricky guys had a show, TJ McConnell was there. So we're going to, you know, create uh, create some fun environments and only $15. And that price ends on Monday. You can go to BGN underscore radio right now. It is the pinned tweet that is up there. Go and buy tickets. Have a lot of fun. It'll be a great time. Fellas, any final thoughts here? Yeah, come say hi to us at Jetro a lot if you're going to the game tomorrow. Me and John will be there broadcasting. Uh, probably we'll be there from like 7.30 on, but broadcasting from like 8.30 on and whatnot. So come say hi. We would love to see you. It has been just awesome to be down there for this stuff. So come say hi. Jetro a lot. Happy Thanksgiving, and we love you. Bob and Tank are coming in, and uh, uh, and it's going to be a, a magical, fun little blowout tomorrow. We can't wait for it. This has been BGN Radio, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.